Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad to have you tuning in today. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or on the Bethesda Church app. Now, let's get ready for today's message. Welcome, Bethesda Church. So good to be with you today. I am Pastor Scotty Dingus from Logan. I am Pastor Chad's brother. But it is an honor to be with you to bring God's word today. And what the Lord is speaking to me for you in this moment is just one word, imagine. And today, as we talk about this, I want to really approach how we think. And I want to give you this thought to begin today, that you, first of all, You are a spirit, and you have a soul, and you live in a body. That when you give your life to Christ, that, in fact, you have to know that you are a spirit first, and you have a soul, and you live in a body. In other words, that when we live a spirit-led life, our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, begins to follow suit. And whatever your mind, will, and emotions follow suit in, then we find that our body follows. So your mind, when you get saved, your mind did not get saved. That's the reason why there's always a battle. And many people don't understand that the biggest battle we have is our mind and the way that we think. The Bible also tells us that when we're born again in your spirit, that God became the father of your spirit. 1 John 2 and 20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know and you know all things. Now the anointing is the Spirit of God living in us. And when the Holy Spirit lives in our lives, he leads us and he guides us into all truth. He gives us direction. A guide is worth their weight when they've already been there before. I never want to be led in some type of museum or some type of uh, a factory, or even if you're going to Disney, you want to have some type of God. And the Holy Spirit has been there before. He has went before us, according to Scripture. So when he's living in our lives, he knows what is best for our lives and the decisions that we need to make. Then it says in Romans 7 and 25, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind. Now we serve God out of our mind. We have the knowledge of good and evil and our mind is always under attack and the enemy's always trying to contaminate our mind or to try to steer our thinking with what I would call stinking thinking, thinking that's no good, thinking that leads us astray. But I showed you just in a few moments there talking about our spirit, talking about our soul, talking about our body, talking about how we need to live a spirit-led life, that when our spirit's right and the Holy Spirit is leading our lives and we allow our spirit to be joined with the Holy Spirit, that our mind-willing emotions will begin to follow suit. And as that happens, our body walks into the things that God has called our body to walk into. But that's why when you go out to do something opposite of God's plan for your life, that your spirit begins to speak to you. And, And you can even know the moments that you grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God will say, get out of that car or don't be involved in that relationship. 
And so many times we hear the Spirit of God just knocking on our door saying, do something different here. Get out of this circumstance. So your body can be having fun, but your spirit can be miserable. And when it comes to our imagination, we need to make sure that our spirit is right. We need to make sure that the things that God's called us to and where the Holy Spirit is leading us is the things that in which God has instilled in us and the direction he's called us to go. Now, I want to read a scripture to you that I want you to really pay attention to. In Matthew 22, and this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said this, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. They're talking to Jesus. said, teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now think about this. He's talking about all your heart, which is your spirit. And then he said, with all your soul and with all your mind. Now your soul and mind are the same thing, but two different Greek words there. And there's two workings or functions of your mind. He said that we shall love the Lord our God with all of our spirit, which is our heart, and our soul and our mind. He said this is the great and first commandment, and a second one is like this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, Jesus said in the same sentence, soul and mind, both meaning the same thing, but yet talking about the two functions. So we're going to look at two functions of our soul and mind. Our soul is our memory, right? That he just spoke to us. And and it's talking about what's happened to us. It's our past. It's how we recall the things in our lives. But then the mind, when he mentioned mind, he's actually talking about the way that we think, the deep thoughts or imagination. In fact, Aristotle will use this when he's talking about science and he's talking about math and he's talking about future thinking and, and, and looking into space. They would foresee or begin to imagine, and that Greek word there is just a deep thought. So we can see that when Jesus said, we shall love the Lord our God with all of our heart, and he's talking about our spirit there, but he said, with our soul and our mind. He said that you should love the Lord your God with everything that you have, even from your past. That means your hurts, that means your disappointments, but that also means your victories, your healings, and the great things that God has done in your life. Line. But not only that, but he said that you should love the Lord your God with all of the future, everything that God has for you, with your imagination that you should ponder and meditate on the things of God. Jesus said you can hang on these two commandments, depend all the law and the prophets, which means you can rest everything up on these two commandments in your line. And he said everything I teach you. Now, what are these Two commandments. What are they? Well, the first one is to love your God with all your heart, which is your spirit, and with all your soul and your mind, with everything from the past you can think of and everything in the future that is to come. And then secondly, you shall love the Lord your God with and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, everything falls in place when we do these things right. But we find there's a lot of scripture on the mind. We find that our battle in scripture 
is with our mind. Everything falls in place, though, when we begin to love God with everything that we have from our spirit and our soul. And we know our enemy is after our mind, and we serve God out of our mind. If we serve God out of our mind, that means God is speaking through the Holy Spirit to our spirit, and then our spirit begins to speak to our soul, our mind, and out of that do we begin to serve God. Now, don't get me wrong. Once you create a disaster or something or something goes wrong in your life, the devil's going to make that his playground. Now, we can mess things up ourselves, and then I find that when we have frustration the most is when we've made a mess of something and the enemy comes in to try to defeat us. And many times when you create a mess out of your choice, it becomes an entryway for the enemy to begin to attack you. And the enemy likes certain entry points. He likes to find anger and depression. He likes to find fear. He likes to find when you have lost your joy. And the enemy wants to get your mind stuck in the state of trauma. There's a lot of people today that are facing trauma. No doubt I am speaking to folks right now that are facing trauma in their life. They've had some type of maybe relationship dysfunction. Maybe they've lost someone that they've loved. Maybe they've had a tragic accident. Maybe you've been abused in some way. Maybe you've been treated unfairly. Maybe something has happened to you that has changed the course of life. And from that, we would call that a trauma. And many people have more going on in their mind than they do in life. And what I mean by that is that your mind can be so on fire and so stressed that you cannot even find rest. But I come to encourage you today that when you connect your life to the power of the Holy Spirit, that there is rest for you. I know there's maybe some of you that's weary that you could get eight hours a night of sleep, but see it wake up with your mind on fire and stress, and it's like you haven't even went to sleep. But the Holy Spirit is a place of rest, and when our mind is under attack, we must know that we still yet must have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and be endued and clothed in and be empowered by the Spirit of God. And when we do that, we find rest for our souls. So since it's out of the mind, we serve God. And the devil wants to mess up our mind and our life. Think about it. I have my master's degree in counseling. I do a lot of counseling. And there are so many people that have a messed up mind. They've allowed the enemy to destroy that mind of theirs. But it's out of our mind that we serve God. Our spirit communicates to the soul, which is the mind, and out of that do we begin to serve God. And Jesus lets us know that when this attack comes, that we've got to be ready, that we can cast down these imaginations or these thoughts that are contrary to the knowledge of God, that we have the power and the authority in the name of Jesus to bring these things under subjection and begin to have victory. See, what happens in your mind happens in time. What happens in your mind happens in time. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all of your mind. He said mind twice or out of all of your soul and your soul because the two primary functions, talking about our past and future. The past is where we've experienced trauma. The past is where we've had attacks. The past is where things have absolutely went wrong in our lives. But then we have a future. 
But the enemy can get you stuck in your past and never get you to imagine for your future, then you'll never have the victory that God's called you to have. Now, your mind is better than a computer in memory. You have the authority to access it. Some people don't access it, but they live in it. And what I mean by that is, is that they live in their trauma. They live in their pain, never getting over the hump. Do you realize that your mind memorizes everything you got, did not get, hurt, pain, trauma, and all the junk that your mind is able to just ponder upon that and recall that. That's why we make some people pay for our past that had nothing to do with our past. Have you ever been around someone that calls you to pay for your, your for their past and that you had nothing to do with? It's because they have been through pain. They, they have not been, they haven't gotten over their pain, have not been healed of the trauma in their life. So as we look at this today, we have to understand, but your mind can imagine a future. I gave you all of that to bring you to the place of imagination. When God speaks something to your heart, in that moment, and you receive it, and you begin to ponder and meditate upon what God is speaking, you begin to paint a canvas in your heart. In fact, before you ever live something out, you must paint a canvas of it in your spirit or in your heart. You must begin to ponder what God has said. In other words, when God speaks something to you, you begin to imagine what it's going to be like when it comes to pass. It could be your healing before you actually begin to walk in healing. You begin to imagine if you have a, a back with pain in it, or if you have uh, some type of wound that needs to be healed in your life, that you begin to imagine life, what it would be like to walk in healing and without pain. And when God speaks to me, I instantly get a painted picture on the canvas of my heart and what he's speaking. This is why we walk by faith and not by sight. I shouldn't let the things that I see move me, but I should be moved by the unseen. I should be moved by the things that I don't see. And what do you mean by that? I don't see the Holy Spirit, but he moves me. I, I don't see everything attached to what God is speaking in my life in the natural, but I'm going to be moved by what he has spoken to me that I've not yet seen. So we walk by faith and we do not walk by sight. And faith is what God has said. And I'm still looking at the canvas picture of my heart. In other words, when God speaks to you, the natural is going to give you everything that is contrary of the natural. And God is going to be speaking, but remember what I've spoken. And do you begin to ponder and imagine the things that God has said to your life? And you're just painting on that canvas. And there's times that you begin to live out that canvas. Then God speaks again, and he adds to the map, or he adds to the portrait of your life. And as he adds to it, you find that your life is becoming the reality of what God has spoken to you. Now, the natural may say one thing, but my spirit is saying, this is not all that meets the eye to what I have. You see, the spirit of God cannot lie. When he speaks something to you, the enemy is going to attack your mind to keep you from thinking upon the things of God. What happens in my mind will happen in time. I cannot help the thoughts I get in my mind. I have some bizarre thoughts. I have some thoughts that are carnal at times. 
I can't help the thoughts that enter my mind, but I can control or help the thoughts that stay in my mind. I have an opportunity to cast down the thoughts according to Scripture that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. The thought I meditate on is the thought that I'm going to live out. The thought you hold on and sustain is going to be the thought that plays out in your life. Even in Genesis at the Tower of Babel, we find that God had to come down and confuse their language because all they were imagining was about to be played out in building a tower to heaven. They literally thought and imagined, we're going to build this tower. And God's like, this is crazy. This is nuts. So what I'm going to do in this moment is confuse their language. And then, then building the tower stopped. They, the imagination stopped. They was no longer, it confused them in the moment. But God had already placed such a vital importance upon imagination. And he's like, they are literally imagining that. Now think about this in scripture. God even sent a flood in Noah's day because the Bible says, now hear this, the mind of men continually pondered evil. Because mankind continually thought of evil, God said, I've got to wipe out humanity from the face of the earth and restart humanity from one family that I'm going to spare out of Noah. Everything they were pondering was happening and it was evil according to scripture. Why? Because the thought you hold and sustain is the thought that's going to play out. If you hold and sustain the thoughts of evil, then those thoughts begin to play out in your life. But if we, you begin to sustain and hold on to the thoughts of the dream of God for your life, then it's going to be the dream of God that you've been imagining is going to play out in your life. Your mind holds your thoughts and imaginations, and it is to be a factory for your future. Every thought you hold on to, and what you think about the most, and what you imagine the most, and what you dream about the most, and what you meditate about the most, is the factory to your future. See, we cannot be, we cannot afford to be stuck in the past. It's ridiculous to hang on to negative experiences. Do you realize you could fit all your negative experiences in a closet somewhere, but this whole entire earth cannot hold all the imagination to what God has in store for you? We spend our life putting our mind in the world of negative experiences. And the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And we wonder why we stay in repeated cycles. We wonder why that we continue to relapse in life. Not a relapse of just drugs or alcohol abuse, but a relapse of just the same old stuff and the same storms and the same stinking thinking. It's because we have been meditating on things that have been in our past and the negative and it's kept us in our past and the problem is is the more you look to your past the more you're going to live in it but the moment you begin to get a word from God and hear from the Lord and you need to hear from him you're like how do I hear from him the Bible says if you'll just call upon the name of the Lord that he will hear you and show you great and mighty things which you do not even know about yet but God wants to share with you his secrets his dreams his intentions for your life. And when you begin to ponder on those things and imagine it, then great things begin to happen in your life. That's why Paul even said in scripture, 
forgetting those things which are behind me and pressing forward to the higher call of Christ. Even the apostle Paul had a past that he needed to forget. Even the apostle Paul had a past that he needed to get over. And you must leave behind the negative and to hit the delete button and begin to change your meditation. You need to hit the delete button by pushing forgiveness and say, I'm going to forgive them in spite of what they've done to me. I'm going to forgive them no matter what it may cost, what it may look like. I'm still yet going to forgive them because I must get past this theme that's in my past and begin to press forward to my future. I need to hit the delete button by saying, I'm not going to allow this thing to anger me. I must hit the delete button and say, I'm leaving it behind. Paul told us to press forward. We got to get a faith image. We got to get an image of what faith is. And faith is, is walking sometimes in the territory of the unknown. It's when you're uncomfortable. It's when you're stepping out on faith. It's when you feel uneasy in your flesh, but your spirit is screaming, yes, this is the way that you need to go. What you whip in your mind, you will whip in life. You want to whip depression, you must first start at the battle in your mind and whip it. And when you whip depression in your mind, you will whip it in life. When you whip anger in your mind, you will whip it in life. If you whip or beat poverty in your mind, then you'll beat poverty in life. Poverty is the way you think. It's not about the money you make. Many people think poverty is about your income, but it's more about a mentality and the way you think than it is the money that you make. You must think at first before it plays out. Your imagination is the key ingredient to change in your life. When I look at you in this church at Bethesda and what's happening here and big things are happening, but I still see bigger, not because of my flesh and not because of pride, but the bigger I see is what my spirit speaks to me. And then my mind begins to receive it. And when I look at you in your life, I always see the bigger. Why? Because God always has more of the painting to add to the canvas. He has more pictures to put on the canvas. He has more trees to add and houses to add and, and prosperity to add to the canvas. I don't have the answer to the questions of my future. Do I know all the details? No. But I do know that God holds my future. Will there be obstacles? Of course, there's going to be obstacles. But however, this is God's plan, and I'm joining him by just imagining. When God begins to add to the portrait of the canvas of your heart, your spirit, you just begin to agree with him. You begin to dream about it. I go to bed every night dreaming about what God is speaking. I go to bed at night pondering the words he has given over my life. I wake up in the morning saying, God, you're so good that you would speak such blessing over my life. Even when it comes to Bethesda Church, when Pastor Chad and Karen first came here and they became the lead pastor, it all started with a promise in their spirit. And when they imagined for things here, they pursued the knowledge and wisdom from God and even others that had done it before. And Albert Einstein said, imagination is greater than knowledge. Imagination, in fact, determines the knowledge you will pursue. When you imagine it, it determines the direction you go. And in, in fact, even where you get the knowledge from. 
when you begin to imagine, it even changes your pursuit when it's for the things of God. What you imagine is what you pursue. The woman with the issue of blood, meaning that she had such bleeding from her female parts that her body had no problem making blood, but she had an issue of losing blood. That her body could not keep blood, but it continued to make blood. See, some folks, they have no issue making money, but they have the issue of keeping money. Some folks have no problems making friends, but they have issues keeping it. In fact, there's a lot of things that we have no problem making in life, but we have issues in keeping it. She spent all she had on doctors. She was given up by medical science, and the Bible lets us know, but she heard that Jesus was coming. She knew that he was coming, heard that he was coming. And she began to speak within herself. She began to paint on the canvas of her heart because she heard that Jesus was coming. When you hear about Jesus, something begins to paint on the canvas of your heart. This lady within herself, according to Scripture, she began to say this to herself. If I can just make it to this crowd, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She began to speak to herself. She began to imagine. She had already seen herself healed. Before she even pursued him, just when she heard about him, she began to speak and imagine on the inside of herself. But she had to sustain that thought by pushing through the crowd and adversity. So we must sustain our imagination. We must push through the grind of life. We must imagine within ourselves a better place. Why not imagine your marriage been healed? Why not imagine that this crisis that we're in, that we're still going to have the joy of the Lord no matter what's happening in the natural. I know that America is in disarray, the whole world is, but yet I can still yet have the joy of the Lord full of glory and unspeakable and just blessed in my life because of what God's doing in me. What we sustain in our mind, we will see play out in life. So when Jesus came, she began to push through the crowd. But she wasn't hanging on to her past. She wasn't even hanging on to her present. She was seeing her future. Maybe today you need to quit pondering about the past. Quit recalling the negative from the past. And begin to imagine your future. Who better to pursue than Jesus? Who better than to imagine greatness after and pursue than Jesus. When you imagine a miracle, it will cause you to pursue the one that holds your answer. There's things in the natural I've imagined, but then it calls me to pursue the right answers in the natural. But when it comes to my life spiritually and even living out the natural life that God's called us to live, it always begins with us going after God and have an imagination for him. She reaches out the touch of his hem of his garment, and the Bible lets us know that this garment and the hem of it had tassels on it. That's what it was called was tassels. And they had called them wings. 
And the prophecy concerning Jesus and Malachi said, talking to that God would send the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. She had already heard the prophecy and knew if she could just touch the hem of his garment or the tassel, which is called the wing, she would be healed. So she painted a picture that this Jesus that's coming, the Son of God, maybe she was recalling the scripture out of Malachi that it would come with healing his wings and the tassels or the hem of his garment being called the, the wings that if I could just touch his garment. She painted a picture in her mind that if she could just touch the tassel, she'd be made whole. Some folks just live life, but some folks also live life with a picture that's painted on the canvas in their heart. Your mind's programmed that when you're not imagining, it begins to immediately retrieve things from the past. Just watch your life. The very moment you're not imagining a future, you begin to bring up the things from the past. God wants us to imagine a future where we see him. I dare you to begin to dream today. I dare you to begin to imagine the good things of God. With your mind, you can imagine pleasure or pain anytime you want. Your mind is a maximizer or minimizer of a thought. Whatever you magnify will always be right in front of me, in front of you. Why not magnify the word of God? Why not magnify worship? Why not magnify God and keep him in front of you? Why not magnify the things that he's called you to have in your life. Whatever you magnify will be in front of you and everyone's been hurt. Everyone's faced pain. Everyone's has some type of trauma in our life. But are we going to recall the things that's negative in our past? Or are we going to go with the canvas of our heart of what God is painting in our spirit? We must change. We must move forward. In fact, it's a scientific thought that when you begin to think about something for at least 30 seconds, that that moment, that thought has created an emotion. You cannot control your mind and what you choose, or you, you cannot, uh, you can control your mind and what you meditate upon. You can change your mood by the way you think. You can deal with your emotions better by allowing a good attitude to be there because you can control your thoughts and you can control your emotions by controlling your thoughts. You can make up your mind to cast down the negative thoughts. We all can sit around and access pain. We can all talk about how bad it is and put on sackcloth and throw ashes in the air. We all can think about how we have done things in the past that we regret, but also I can think about how my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life and how I have an eternal home in heaven. I can think about that my sins has been cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered anymore. I begin to think about the healing that I need in my relationships with my children in my physical body, maybe even in my mind. But make up your mind to do what God has said. Philippians 4 and 8 says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about 
these things. Sad thoughts keep you sad. Move your thoughts and you will move your mood. You need to move the mood that you're in. Two functions of the brain. Accessing the past or imagine the future. The one that changes everything is when you imagine the future. Remember David? David was fighting Goliath and he was facing him and such a giant, a giant that was trained for war, a giant that everyone else was scared of. But David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine defying the armies of God? He began to remind himself as he's facing Goliath. He began to say, I remember when I defeated the lion. I remember when I defeated the bear. See, we can use the function of our mind to access the victories of the past to help us foresee the victory of the future. But if I look at my defeats in the past and I'm facing a trial, then I'm not going to win in the trial that I'm facing now. But I need to look to my past victories if I'm going to look to my past. And then I need to tie it to the imagination of my future. So David said, I, I've taken on the lion and I've won and the bear and I won. He began to imagine this giant laying on the ground. He began to imagine what the rock or the smooth stone would do in the sling as he would get ready. And after David imagined it, this is what he said. He imagined, and no doubt he had already seen his victory. And listen, you cannot speak faith until you first imagine faith. You cannot speak it until you have imagined it. And David began to speak what he imagined. He said, you come to me with the sword and with the spear, but I can't come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And when Goliath came near David, David literally ran for his victory towards the enemy. And he took him out, took his sword, cut off his head, and delivered it to the king. God will give you your enemy's head, and you can deliver it as victory to the Father God that you serve today because the anointing of God in you has given you the imagination and the portrait and the canvas that's, that's in your heart with the victory in sight. Even Peter, when he seen Jesus walk on the water, what did he say? He imagined in himself. And he said, Jesus, if this be you, bid me to come. Let me come. And Jesus, and Jesus said, come. Peter begins to walk on the water. Do you realize that Peter could have never said that if he didn't imagine walking on the water? He imagined, if this is my Lord, if this is the Son of God, if this is the Jesus I've been hanging out with, he said, he began to imagine, I'm going to walk on water with him. And he imagined it, and his faith said, if it be you, let me come. Peter begins to walk on the water, and we know that the story goes that as the winds and the waves begin to move, and he took his eyes off Jesus his imagination began to look at the trial. And no longer was he looking at Jesus. And he began to sink and Jesus saved him. What's the difference between Peter and the woman with the issue of blood? The difference between the woman with the issue of blood and Peter is that she sustained the portrait, the picture in her adversity. When Peter began to look at his storm and the adversity itself, Nowhere in the Bible do we find where the devil can stop your future. But I do know that he can break your focus. He wants to break your imagination. If the enemy can break your focus, then you're going to lose the picture. 
It's not the thought that comes and goes that plays out in time, but it's the thought you sustain through trials and pain and trauma and hurt and the winds and the waves that plays out in time. It's the thought that you sustain through the trials. So you can have trauma and still imagine the goodness of God. You can go through broken relationships and still imagine the healing of God. You can go through addiction and pain and all those things and still come out because you've seen a future in what Christ has given you. I don't know where you're at today, but maybe you're sitting there today and you're saying, I need to quit accessing my past and thinking on it and begin to imagine my future. What you give 30 seconds of a thought to, you have created an emotion. Anytime negative thoughts come, you must cast them out immediately, but then begin to imagine upon the promises of God over your life. Maybe you're sitting there today and you're feeling God draw you to him. You're like, I'm not where I need to be. Maybe you've never given your heart to God and maybe you need to rededicate your life to God. That's you, I want you to pray with us today. I want you to say this prayer after me because I believe God wants to give you a brand new future. God wants to touch and change your entire life. So if that's you today, I want you to begin to repeat this prayer after me. Here we go. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Thank you for dying for me and raising again from the grave. Jesus, help me to live for you in this life. Jesus, heal me of my emotions, in my physical body, God, in my spirit, bring healing. And Father, help me to see a future in you. Help me see my future in you. Help me to paint to the canvas that you've called me to have in my life. Let me look at that canvas. Let me hold to it in Jesus' name. Thank you for praying that prayer with us today. Today, we also wanna say a prayer for those that maybe you're going through trials and pain. Maybe you're going through trauma and you're like, I'm serving God, but I need to change everything in my life. I need to change the whole outlook. I want you to know today that if you'll just continue to look to Him and not focus on your past, that God's gonna bring you out and do great things in your life. So right now, I'm gonna close out in prayer by saying this prayer over you, and I just want you to believe God. And when, when I say amen today, I want you to practice pondering upon the things of God. I want you to put to a work in your life of looking to Jesus and allowing Him to speak to your life. So let's pray. Father, right now I speak to each and every person. God, there's so many of your children today that have lost joy, that have lost hope. There's so many of your children today, God, that are facing trials and trauma and pain. And God, I just ask that in this moment that you touch them and do a awesome work in their life. 
that they'll no longer retreat the negative experiences, but God, they'll look to their future in you and that they will make a practice of pondering upon your things and forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to the mark that's in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can go to www.bethesdachurch.tv. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day.